I want you to think about the most frustrating things your toddlers do. Do they ask for mac and cheese and then act like you're threatening them with a knife when you give it to them because they actually wanted PB&J? Do they insist on wearing their shoes on the wrong feet? Do they throw themselves on the ground because you put milk in the cup? Think about a few times your toddler has seemed like an irrational manic crocodile who only speaks Lithuanian. I want you to think about a few instances of their insanity while I walk you through the reasons kids do the things they do. They see the world differently than we do. I talked about how different their actual vision system is, like in their eyeballs, back in episode 14. So listen to that one about how babies see and how vision changes from baby to adult. Kids literally see the world differently. But even when kids' eyeballs work, they still experience everything in a unique way. I call this toddler goggles. It's like kids put on these glasses and they look at the world with you know, more curiosity than we do. And they interpret the things we do in a way that we can't even comprehend. We've forgotten what it's like to be a toddler. It's really confusing to be a toddler and it's also really fun. So put on your toddler goggles and I'll take you through what toddlers see and experience. It's gonna make both you and your toddler happier. And if you want to make me happy, please rate and review this show. Leave me a five-star rating and write me a little note. I'm Dr. Wendy Hunter, and I'm the pediatrician next door. I'm that doctor friend you call for practical advice about your kid's health. I mix the science of medicine with the reality of parenting. Your toddler's major messmaking his out-of-the-blue tantrums, and his frustrating demand for you to read the same book every night, it might frustrate you as an adult, but toddler logic is perfectly reasonable when you look at the world the way they do through what I call toddler goggles. Take a second and imagine their world. Everything is new, it's unexplored, they have no self-control, and they don't really have a big vocabulary. They don't even know the words for a lot of things. The toddler's world is at any given moment, it's exciting, unpredictable, frustrating, and sometimes it's frankly scary. Since I started to understand the toddler's unique view of the world, I've become a better pediatrician and I'm a much better parent. Today, I'm gonna share a few of the guiding principles that govern the way toddlers see the world. First, this is not gonna surprise you. You know how when you want like ice cream after dinner or that second or maybe third cocktail, you think about whether you really need it. You pause because you're an adult, you have a fully developed frontal lobe, and you have years of experience that show you the consequences of letting yourself have something you want, but you don't really need. And this is not what happens in the toddler's mind. If they have a desire to have something, it feels to them like a desperate need. It's kind of like if you really need to pee, that's a real need. That moment when you feel desperate to fulfill that need by finding a bathroom, that's how a toddler feels when they even have a minor need. Their barrier for tolerating frustration is really low. I remember being upset when my two-year-old daughter, she opened a gift I had wrapped for her friend after I had just clearly explained to my daughter that it was not for her. My daughter just felt this need for that gift. She didn't have the mental maturity to ignore that impulse and she just unwrapped it. 
This is because toddlers' brains have underdeveloped executive function. That's the logic, focused attention, self-control part of the brain. Basically, there's no conductor in the orchestra of the toddler brain. So my daughter simply didn't have the ability to reason that the gift was not hers and that she should try not to open it. If you want to know more about this, there's a great book called The Emotional Life of the Toddler by Alicia Lieberman, and you can check that out. There was a famous series of experiments done at Stanford University, and it showed how this ability to not open the present, for example, develops. The researchers offered a marshmallow or a cookie to a group of young children, and the researchers told them, you can eat it now, or if you wait, you can have two treats later. What do you think the kids did? Okay, of course, most of the children just ate the treat. But two-year-olds had no ability to stop themselves. But the four to six-year-olds, they were able to distract themselves by doing things like sitting on their hands or covering their eyes. So you can teach your toddler self-control strategies. For example, you might want to find opportunities to have your child wait her turn on the playground, but you got to keep the wait time short. Show your kids ways to distract themselves while they wait for things. And be careful, don't set unreal expectations by asking like a two-year-old to leave a treat untouched like I did with the birthday gift. I should have just put it away. The best strategy for dealing with a toddler is put anything that's a temptation out of their sight. And honestly, it probably would work for yourself too. The next principle of how toddlers see the world is what I call... Did someone say cookie? Remember when your toddler like instantly riveted her attention on you when you said the word cookie, even though you didn't really think she was listening? Toddlers have this incredible ability to pay attention to every detail around them. It may not seem like they are. It's truly their superpower. Adults, you know, we can block out extraneous information. Like when you're walking down the street, You don't see an interesting pattern of shadows on the sidewalk, but a kid will. We don't see these things anymore because honestly, I think we would just go insane if adults paid attention to everything around us. But toddlers, they see and they hear everything. It's kind of overwhelming. Kids have to see everything when they're first developing because they don't know what things are important. They don't know what's relevant. So they don't really block anything out when they're really young. And there's a biologic basis for this. Children have fewer inhibitory neurotransmitters in their brains. Those are the chemicals that prevent neurons from firing. So their brains are constantly exploding with all the stimuli that they encounter. Your toddler's view is kind of like what you see if you're on vacation, okay? You're in a new place, an exotic place you've never been. And when you're wandering the streets of a foreign city, your attention is like constantly looking at new things. There's new sounds, new smells, new sights. And that's kind of what it's like to be a toddler. I like to say toddlers have super attention and it's critical for their learning, but it can be distracting and it can be frustrating for a parent. You know how kids want you to read them the same book over and over? It's because when they read a book for the second time or third or fourth or fifth or sixth, they're not distracted by new information. In experiments at the University of Sussex, researchers discovered that three-year-olds learn new words better when they're exposed to a word in the same book that they've read repeatedly compared to when they see the same word in different books. 
So even if you've memorized your son's favorite books, he's still excited because the new sounds and the new words that he's uncovering with every repetition of the book is still interesting to him. Also, kids like to read books over and over because, this is funny, but it affirms their ego. You know, when you turn the page and they're like, dang, I knew that dog was going to lay down. It makes them feel good to know what's coming next. I remember being bored and I thought my kids were weird because they wanted the same books all the time. So learning this made me feel a lot better. And I was also a lot more patient about them wanting to stop at every bathroom and every water fountain we passed because I learned that this is sort of a similar issue. When my son was a toddler, he inspected every manhole cover we came across. And this is due to the next toddler goggle principle. And I call it, what does this do? You may see just another water fountain or another manhole cover, but your toddler sees a spigot that probably spits out water and might have a button, but they can't be sure it's the same as the last one they saw until they inspect it. Remember, unlike adults, they don't have a lifetime of experiences like we do, so they have to test out their ideas constantly. When your child wants to stop at the seventh water fountain you've passed, she's looking for clues about what to expect in a generic water fountain. These are clues that she can only get by pushing the button on like 700 water fountains. Your toddler's explorations may look random or I know they're exasperatingly repetitive, but researchers have shown that their exploratory play is no different than what we refer to as the scientific method. In a series of experiments, researchers at the University of California at Berkeley asked young kids to figure out how a toy machine functions. So an adult demonstrates the machine's function by showing how you can put different combinations of blocks on the machine can produce different effects. The scientists watched the toddlers and the kids would change one block at a time, kind of like scientists do to test out independent variables, just to see which one makes a difference. Then a second group of kids, they were given the same toy, but they weren't given any demonstration. They just got to explore it on their own. And as expected, this group of kids, they played with the toy longer and a lot of them actually found hidden features that weren't pointed out to the first group. So next time you find yourself showing your child how to play with something, remember this. A toddler's scientific exploration is better when you leave them alone, when they're left to explore without your instruction. I'm gonna warn you though, things are gonna get messy and that's okay. On that note, technically speaking, your little toddler scientist needs to get messy. There was another great study I saw that showed kids learn words for non-solid foods like pudding and applesauce and, okay, paint too. They learn these words better and more quickly when they actually squish the things around. They need to get messy. yourself playing hide and seek. Your kid has his head under the curtains, but his little butt is sticking out. He thinks he's hidden because he thinks that you both see the same thing. Toddlers are still learning that we have different points of view. And I call this principle, you can't see me. They literally do not think you can see something if they have their back turned. 
Okay, if your toddler says she didn't draw on the wall, she doesn't expect you to look at the pen she's holding in her hand and come to your own conclusion. She thinks that you see what she sees, which is a toddler who just happens to have a pen in her hand. And yes, it's true. She is lying to you. She is trying to deceive you. But, and this relates to another principle I'll talk about. She might not know that lying is wrong because you have to learn that that's wrong. I don't want to completely blow your mind here, but since toddlers can't really imagine your point of view, they also can't imagine another very complicated type of point of view. And that's the future. The future, it's really complex. It's a point of view that you have to be able to imagine. So your two-year-old can't picture what it means if you say, we're leaving this play date in five minutes. Your toddler can't picture what five minutes means. So that's why she looks shocked, freaks out, maybe throws herself on the ground when five minutes later you say, okay, it's time to go. She didn't actually know what you meant when you gave her that five-minute warning. So how are you as a parent supposed to handle these situations? I mean, you do need to leave the play date at some point. Instead of telling her when you're leaving, tell her how you are leaving the play date. So say something instead like, we're putting on our shoes and then we're going to give our friend a hug and then we're going to go out the front door. Because she might maybe be able to imagine herself doing those things because she's done most of them before. But don't confuse this by telling her why you're leaving because I guarantee she does not care. Your toddler doesn't care that her dad is waiting in the car. So don't tell them why you're leaving. However, you can mention that dad is waiting as part of this, just to set the stage for her development of sympathy for others and starting to develop that point of view. But this shouldn't be the main focus. Okay, it's likely she may whine during this playdate transition or in like a million other different situations. And there are few things that are as exhausting as a toddler whining. There's pretty much nothing as horrible as listening to a child whine. So that brings me to why kids whine and why they throw things at you, why they kick you, why they bite you, why they do all of these things. These behaviors have a lot to do with their toddler goggles. Okay, here's the next principle. And I call it uppy, as in pick me up, because I think I maybe have said this before, but when I hear kids in my clinic say uppy, I seriously have PTSD. I I don't understand why they have to use that word. Anyway, let me tell you why kids whine at us. Kids whine at us and say things like uppy that are annoying because it works. Put on your toddler goggles and you're going to see this. Whining is really effective. If you are an attention-loving toddler, you want to whine, you're going to get attention. It gets their parent to turn around and focus on what they're saying. If you ignored your daughter's three previous requests to be carried while you're cooking dinner, she doesn't understand and she does not care. So she might resort to whining because at least you will finally respond to her. Toddlers don't care if they get attention for good behavior or bad behavior. They just want your attention. They can even trick you into thinking something is wrong with them. Okay, it's not uncommon that parents end up bringing their kids to my clinic or to the emergency room because they're concerned their child has had something like a seizure or a muscle problem because their toddler is having repetitive behaviors like eye rolling or head shaking, something of that sort. But that's when I put on my toddler goggles and I see the toddler usually has found something that gets his parents' attention and they love the attention, so they keep doing it. So even if it's a weird behavior, they just keep doing it because you pay attention. Here's one of my best pieces of advice. Listen, when your child misbehaves, 
Don't give them attention. Don't even nag or scold them. Try to ignore them. If you can't ignore the behavior, you got to move the kid away from the situation or distract them. This sends the very powerful message that you're not going to respond to negative behavior. Just be careful. Don't accidentally reward their bad behavior. Like, for example, if your child is interrupting you when you're on the phone and you hang up to redirect his behavior, he got exactly what he wanted. He got you off the phone and now you're giving him attention. The only way to head this off is to anticipate their need for attention and listen. Look for opportunities to encourage good behavior. You got to praise them constantly. They love this. You just might be able to squeeze in a three-minute phone call if you give your toddler a few reassuring words and kisses while you're on the phone or before you do your call. And I'm going to say this again. You have to praise them constantly. Kids need a ton of positive attention to fill their need and to head off whining and bad behaviors that they resort to in order to fill their attention need. Okay, here's my last principle of how the toddler sees the world. This is great. Okay. Kids think you can read their mind. They think the world of you. You are the most important person to them and they honestly think you're magical. Okay, why is this important to understand? Here's the scenario. Your sweet little angel asks for a cup of water and just as you hand it to him, he screams no and throws it on the ground. Okay, why did he freak out? No, they're not gaslighting you. I know it seems like that. In toddler talk, when he asked for water, he wanted the Superman cup with the straw that you gave him yesterday. He didn't want the green sippy cup. I mean, what's wrong with you? He really thought you knew what he was asking for when he said water and pictured that cup in his head. This cup scenario is a classic example of this being a language issue. When your toddler asked for water, he expected the Superman cup because that's what he got last time. He just didn't have the vocabulary or the word to ask for the cup that he meant. So this is important. Listen, you are not spoiling your child when you figure out what they want. In fact, it could prevent a meltdown. So if you figure it out, just give him the right cup. It's fine. These same tantrum-inducing misunderstandings give adults a little glimpse into the toddler's quirky, confusing view of the world. I loved it when my kids would invent new words. Like my son, when he was a toddler, he didn't know the word for plunger. God knows why he needed a plunger. But anyway, he called it a toilet put down and I gave it to him. And my daughter called TV Teddy Vision. I think she was picturing a teddy bear when I said television. It just stuck. Their words are cute, but beware because toddlers may not always mean what they say. For example, a toddler might point toward an object and say, thank you, when what he really means is give that to me. He just thinks that he says thank you, that it means you will give it to him. And just as you might not realize what he is really saying, your toddler might not always understand your words either. Here's an example. Be sure your kid understands your request to pick up his toys before you become frustrated that he didn't put them away. Because he honestly might not have understood that when you said it's time to pick up your toys, you meant pick them up now. On the other hand, toddlers do read your face well. So use your voice and your body language at the same time to convey a message. And pay attention to their nonverbal cues, at least as much as their words. The results might enlighten you. When you're frustrated or baffled by your toddler, keep these principles in mind because their mind does not work like your mind. 
Well, except maybe sometimes the toddler inside of us does come out. I mean, think about the times you're upset with your spouse or you're tired and hungry. I bet there are plenty of times when you feel some of these ways that toddlers feel all the time. Here's the breakdown. Here's my summary. Number one, if they want something, it feels to them like a desperate need, not just something they kind of want to have. Number two, they pay attention to everything all at the same time and they can't really filter anything out. The world to them is overwhelming. And so if you say, please put on your shoes cookie, somehow they're only going to hear the word cookie, but they will hear it. Number three, they are little scientists. They have to test everything in order to build their understanding of the world. They're not just touching every pole on your nightly walk to annoy you. They need to experiment. Number four, they cannot see another person's point of view. The end. Number five, any attention is better than no attention. I'm going to say this one again. Seriously, any attention is better than no attention. Remember this over and over again while you're watching them. Praise or punishment, it's basically the same to them. All right, and lastly, they think you can read their mind. Here's my challenge to you. Instead of spending your energy cleaning up messes and worrying about discipline, embrace the toddler perspective at least once a day. Put on your toddler goggles. You may actually discover a more creative side of yourself and a more cooperative side of your toddler. You can clean up the house when they go to college. And do me one more favor. When you put on your toddler goggles this week, take a minute to rate and review the show. I cover tons and tons of topics and it really helps me to make this show if I get ratings and reviews. So give me a five-star rating and write me a review. For more from the pediatrician next door, find me on the web at pediatriciannextdoorpodcast.com. If you've got a question about the weird things kids do, send an email to hello at pediatriciannextdoorpodcast.com for a chance to hear your voice on the show. I'm Dr. Wendy Hunter, and I'm the pediatrician next door. This show is produced by Red Rock Music. Make sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever it is you're listening. I'll be back next time with more.